0: Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Let them tell their story. Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of October 31st, the very last of October in the beginning of November. We are in part two of our series on Jesus stories. And I'm gonna tell you in a moment who is with me this week. But first, as we are going to do each time, we're here for God. We are here to encounter Jesus. We're here because we need his life and his love and our life in him and with him restored. So before we go any further, we're going to take a moment to let everything go. We just pause here at the beginning to say, Jesus, I give everything to you. I release everyone to you. Just take a moment, friends, to let the distractions and the pressures and the heartaches go. And we pray, Jesus, to find you today. We pray that you would come to us in our car, at the gym, at work, as we walk, at home, Come to each of us, surround us with your presence, meet us in this time. Restore my union and my heart with you, Jesus. Come and speak. In your name, we pray. Okay, and so welcoming with me into part two of Jesus' story, Stacy's back. So glad to be here. Hi, hon Hey. And Alan's back. Hey, everyone. But, Alan's wife, Kelly, is with us for the first time in a long time. Welcome back, Kelly. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah, good to have you. Psalm 107, let the redeemed tell their story. It's just helpful. Mm -hmm. It's so good to hear people's stories Mm -hmm. with God, the ordinary and the special, right? The day-to-day and the extraordinary, all of it. It's so very helpful. And as we were saying in our first episode, we did this about a year and a half ago, and we just felt like it was time to swing back around to inspire, to encourage, to rebuild. There's just there's just nothing like hearing Jesus stories. I They never get old for me.
1: No, they don't.
0: And th- this is actually how most of our dinners with friends go. When we're together, we just ask so what have you and Jesus been up right? to? What are yeah. you doing in your lives? Mm-hmm. And it ends up great. turning an average dinner into a really beautiful evening. Yes. right. So you hear people tell their stories and it's joy and it's heartache and it's the whole breadth of human experience. Last week, we were inspired to get started because of what had happened at Captivating in October, in early October. There were just so many beautiful Jesus stories in it and through it and happening and pouring in just really really extraordinary. But there were also the personal stories that were going on anytime we go on mission, you know, you're you're entering into a fight mm-hmm. and we need Jesus and he comes. And I think that was a little bit more true for you, Kelly. You you came as an intercessor, but prior to the retreat things were bumpy.
2: Things were bumpy. Yes. So, my role was to go up and be part of a team of people that are on site that pray. One thing we have to do in that capacity is we have to be very present to what's going on, both in the natural and also what He's saying. And it's the most, I think it's the most important thing of going in that capacity.
0: Is being present? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: Without distraction as much as possible. Yeah. So 14 days before we were scheduled to leave, I was downstairs just sitting with Jesus one early morning, just enjoying the Colorado fall. And I heard him clearly say, I'm so glad you're going. And it was a warm and kind comment. Yeah, that's lovely. You know? Yeah. And of course I responded by saying, I'm glad too, and I'm glad you're glad. And what I thought he was referring to was I was scheduled to go at the past at the at the one in the spring, and I got sick and I couldn't go at the last minute. Fast forward four days, and Alan and I were at home early one morning, and we got a text from our daughter who goes to college in Oklahoma. And it was just a very short text. And it said, Last night, a close friend of mine was tragically killed in a car accident by a drunk driver. Oh. Then she just attached the news coverage. It's, it's all she could say. Yeah. So, devastated. But I was very aware that within me, during those days... This thought was coming up like this is a terrible time to be gone, you know.
0: I need to be here for my daughter, yes, of course.
2: Like, and those of us who are tend to be the go to person for when our people are suffering, we like to be available for, yeah, for whenever, whenever, whatever they want to do or say, yes. So, I was. Uh, very aware of that coming up in me. Oh no, this is a terrible time to go. And um, it's actually when the thought came back to me of what he had said. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're going because, mm. of course, he knew this was going to happen, right? And what he said very clear was, "Do you trust me to be the comfort for her?"
0: Mm.
2: And I knew that I knew the right answer was yes. But it took me a few days to get there, Uh to really relinquish that.
0: Yes, of course.
2: And to be able to go and be present. So that was going on. And then six days after that, Alan got a call one afternoon from our oldest son, who lives in Tennessee. And Gray said, Dad, I'm calling to tell you that my close friend was Tragically killed in a car accident yesterday in Kansas.
0: Jesus,
2: it feels unbelievable for a few minutes, you know. And uh, hearts were breaking for our kids, and that that thought began to get a lot louder. Like, I can th- This is an awful time to of go. Course. No, I can't do I it. I
0: can't leave,
2: even if I could get my body there. You know, like my mind is not going to be there. So I went back to him, thankfully, and I said, I just, this is too much. This is a big ask. And in his way, he spoke clearly and he repeated what he said before mm-hmm. Do you trust me to be the comfort for them? Mm. And then he said, and do you trust me to be the comfort for you? Mm. And I knew when I heard that, that was the gold. That was really the thing. Mm. Because I, I I knew that they would be okay. They're suffering, but they would be okay. And so I did. And I oftentimes repeat Peter's words to Jesus when he says, Where else are we going to go? Yeah. I say that a lot. What else am I going to do? Yeah. And I went and it was peaceful and I was present. And we experienced things that I would have just hated to have missed. Even when I was wasn't busy. So at night when I was just laying in bed and Looking at the ceiling, there was peace Mm. and there was presence. It was a beautiful rescue.
0: Mm. Mm. In the midst of such tragedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we actually get a number of very beautiful stories that come in to our ministry from folks thanking us for a podcast for 30 days to Resilient on Mm -hmm. the Pause app Mm -hmm. for something they read in one of our books and and the, the beauty of the stories of Christ coming in crisis. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Christ when coming you in heartache. need him so desperately. Heartache, right. yeah. Where else are we gonna go? Yeah, and when we give our yes, there is provision. There is, like he does, he does come yes. in profound ways.
1: Okay, I have a story. This this happened last summer when we were about to have a gathering of a lot of people coming to stay with us, like nine more people, and I was looking forward to it, but I was also feeling a lot of pressure mm-hmm. around it to be yes. amazing. So uh, what I want to I want to just read what Jesus did, what I wrote down. Okay,
0: this, this is from your journal.
1: This is from my journal. I have it wide open here. So I pray, God, come into my inmost thoughts. What lies am I believing about my life this week, this year? And what is true? And then I have written down TRUTH in big capital letters. The pressure is off. It's not too much. It's not too much for me and the indwelling Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be amazing. The pressure to excel at everything as a mom, wife, grandmother, sister, friend, minister, prophet, teacher, leader is off. Mercy. This weekend, with most family here, is not too much. I won't be overstimulated and need to withdraw. I am at rest inside and can handle joyful chaos. I can navigate different relationships. I'm not tired. I'm not overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. The enemy tries to bury me with the pressure to do it right. And if you don't, you will die. Well, I won't die. And I won't do it right. But Christ in me, my Savior in whom I depend, will and does. My life is hidden with Christ. Okay, I'm going to just keep reading because it was so big. Mm. Mm. I didn't know how much pressure I feel to come through. Mm. So um, I wrote, I will fail, and that's why Jesus died. Now he lives in me. The pressure is off to come through, to answer that text meaningfully. To respond to requests graciously, to gently and lovingly handle every heart, to live and lead and teach with extraordinary power and life, to change the world, to be an amazing friend, and to be a perfect, glorious Azra Kinetko. The pressure is off to save my family. I go on, but I think mm-hmm. that's kind of enough, but I will tell you that, oh my goodness, Touching that truth, which mm. I didn't make up, that was imparted. Yes. Um, the feeling was amazing. My heart became so light, and I felt joyful and a freedom of heart. Mm. Just, just, oh my gosh! I came out that morning after journaling. I think I was skipping basically around <laughs> around the kitchen, because it was it was okay. Everything was going to be okay, and it yes. wasn't up to me to pull it off. That was a rescue. Mm-hmm. That was a huge mm-hmm. rescue.
0: Jesus unlocked something in the words the pressure is off. Yeah. I remember that. That there was something deep in your soul that was like way back in your
1: way back feeling and I and later on I think I put more words to it of a feeling like I needed to earn my right to sit at the table.
2: Wow.
1: With my growing yes. up years. Yes with my family now with with my peers. Like I mm-hmm. I needed to ah, oh, to earn it that I fit. Just again that that phrase to have a place at the table. Mm-hmm. And to have him not say you're never gonna blow it, Stacey, but to say, yeah, you know, you're you're gonna blow it. You're gonna fail. But that's why I'm here. You know, I, I, that's why I died. That's why I rose. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm your life within you. And, oh, my goodness, just telling it to you now, I feel even the the, the pressure coming off. Because I am not aware of how often I feel that. Mm. Of course we want to do it right. Yes. But mm-hmm. but to have that also mean kind of uh, my validation and my worth yes. being tied up with that. So for Jesus to come and go, mm, no, nope, no nope. and and you're gonna be okay, and they're gonna be okay, and I don't expect perfection from mm-hmm. you was
0: um, and is wow, that's just a big rescue, yeah, yeah, sometimes just one word from him can unlock things for us, yes. like with you, Kelly, as well, right? yes, I'm glad you're rescue, going right, yes.
2: yes. The pressure you, is off. Oh what yeah. If, what's better than that? I don't know. Because mm. it creeps in, doesn't it? Mm.
1: It creeps yes. in
2: slowly. Oh mm.
1: gosh. I think I'm I don't know if everybody is susceptible to it, but I know I'm highly susceptible to it. Me too. Yeah. Mm.
0: Hmm.
3: So many of the stories with Jesus comes as a rescue, like in the moment. We were talking about things that right before captivating, you know, or through words they see to you like it. It's a way to rescue us in that moment, but I've got a story where Jesus rescued me and reinterpreted something from 40 years ago. Wow. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is because Jesus brought it up this morning, and it ties to the week our podcast is airing, which is Halloween, October 31st, Monday, Uh, It's Halloween, and I've always hated halloween as an adult because it just feels dark and foreboding and people have you know the living dead coming out of their front yard when you drive by their homes and but 40 years ago jesus brought me back to halloween night and it was one of the most traumatic events of my boyhood i was 15 and i was driving home from a party And I was a sophomore in high school, had never had any alcohol up to that point, had just bought this vehicle, used car from a lot of summer jobs and was on some allergy medication. And it was a senior party. I was a sophomore, but they had alcohol out. And so I had no idea that you don't mix like, you know, allergy medicine and, and alcohol. So on the drive home that night, I passed out. Uh, oh while goodness. I was driving, home driving? a little mm-hmm. after midnight, had two guys with me as passengers, and none of us had seat belts on. And I the the road was an S curve through neighborhoods. And when I passed out, the car just went straight and it went, you know, into the other lane, jumps the curb, ricochets against like seven trees, large trees. Oh my goodness. Side to side to side. And then four flat tires, it stops like maybe, I don't know, half a foot from a brick home. (gasps) And the car was totaled. I was unconscious. Wake up about 15 minutes later, the friends are gone. There's about 100 people around the car and a guy on the front steps, whose home it was, yelling at me. And I can't open my door, glasses everywhere. I have a concussion. Oh
1: my I find out later,
3: but I slide out through the glass to the other passenger door, get out. And it's about a three mile walk to my home. And I just got out, didn't know where my friends were, didn't know if they were alive. They either had deserted me or were dead as far as I knew at the time. And so I just walked that walk alone uh to my house and I had blood coming from my head and my shirt's all cut up and... It was a really shameful moment for me because everything about my friends was unknown. I didn't know where they were, if they were alive or if they had deserted me. My car was totaled. Uh it's a small town. This is gonna be huge news. Everybody's kind of yelling at me. And I just walk home alone. It felt like hours. Mm-hmm. Get home probably about 3:30 AM. Oh my goodness. Don't have a key to my house because it's stuck in the ignition and so I have to wake up my family and I'm standing there bloody and um so I was feeling an immense amount of shame from what happened but also on that long walk home several miles I was feeling just an aloneness and that life was all up to me it was a reinforcement that it, you are the only one who is there for yourself and look what happened. It all fell apart. So kind of coming out of that and through the years was this mix of shame for what had happened and also aloneness. And and the walk home was really symbolic of that. Like after something bad happens, you're all on your own. So I bring this up because I hadn't realized there was more healing to be done. And what Jesus did was this morning say, hey, we're coming up on this anniversary, and you haven't ever really seen me in the story yet. And Mm -hmm. it just took me aback. And he replayed the part of the story of me walking home alone, but with him walking with me. And uh, it was so Mm -hmm. powerful because it wasn't Mm -hmm. condemnation. Uh, it wasn't, you know, disappointment. Uh, it was him walking with me, really not saying much, but just his presence with me. And, um, and at one point he just puts his hand on my back and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. just as like, we're going to get through this. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you're going to be okay. And, um, I had never seen Jesus in that story. I had Mm -hmm. always seen it as he, you know, it was a miracle we all lived. And so as he revealed that he was walking with me, not only did that take away this sense of shame because of of his presence, because of the way he was looking at me, the the way that he was there for me, but also it got rid of the feeling of isolation or aloneness because I wasn't alone. He was showing me, your friends may have run off you may be without your car you know walking these several miles but you're not alone i have never left you i am with you not just as a rescuer but as a as a friend wow. and as someone who was with me and and it and it really took the shame away from that event and and that happened this morning before mm-hmm. we came into the studio as i was considering what was coming up at the end of this month the date mm-hmm. So I love how Jesus comes for us now, but I love how he goes back into Mm -hmm. our stories and shows his presence in ways decades and decades ago that we never knew.
1: Yeah, that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I have so many questions about that story, which we don't have time for now. But yes, he does that. He reveals where he was in the past. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful.
0: Ellen, is you... As you're telling that story, thank you, because that's so fresh. It's so current. Is there anything about that that feels unresolved that we should stop and pray about?
3: It it really felt to me, uh, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it really felt like a release of Mm. a 100-pound backpack that I didn't know I was carrying. Um, I, I still have in my garage the license plate from my car that was totaled it was totaled i mean it did never went anywhere again but the junkyard but the license plate's like an accordion just like it's just crunched up and i've kept that as kind of a touchstone of i don't know why i've kept it honestly like mm. it, i mean it is a touchstone but it when i looked at it it was always with regret and disappointment i was glad that i was alive but you know the rest was shame and disappointment but it yeah john it felt like a huge release today. And um, and and it felt like all of a sudden I was seeing a movie from a whole other camera angle with Jesus right there with me and really catching my heart in ways that I didn't see until, mm. until now. So, mm. yeah, I feel good.
1: Now you can look at wow. that license plate and have a whole other memory mm. associated yes. with it.
3: Right, mm-hmm. right.
0: Friends, we could tell hundreds of healing prayer stories, our own and those that we were part of facilitating with others. And it always begins with what Alan described. It always begins with inviting Jesus in back into the memory. Let's go back into the story and invite Jesus in. Show me where you were. Show me where you are now. Speak Mm -hmm. to me, Lord. Reinterpret things or comfort, or deliver, or, yeah. So that piece of Jesus, you are here now with me in this changes everything.
3: And to look at the past, um, I mean, I was 15. My youngest son is 17. And to think, 15? Like, I didn't even know anything. Like, I, you know, I mean, just... The mercy um, on me, my younger self at that moment. Yes. I made a stupid decision, yeah, and I own that. But the mercy of, yeah, goodness, fifteen, mm-hmm. and that, you know, and Jesus was coming for me in ways that I'm seeing now, in my fifties. Wow. So, friends, we're just
0: going to pause for a moment. You you've just heard several beautiful Jesus stories. Let's not binge. Let's, let's take a moment and just let that settle and let Christ speak. The reason that we are doing this series again is to open up possibilities, to help people recognize Jesus, recognize the voice of God, or to cry out for it, to look for it. And so we want to expand things a little bit more. Uh, We've been talking through the year about the reality that we are amphibians, and we are meant to experience both the natural world, but also the rest of God's beautiful kingdom. Seeing him, hearing him, experiencing him. And Stacey, sometimes that happens for you in worship. Oh, yeah. It does happen
1: a lot because I'm turning all of my attention onto Jesus Mm. and the gaze of my heart onto Him. And and I'll want to know, what are you up to? I want to see you. Yes. And um, so a lot of times I'll see into the throne room and um, see the company of saints, see just in my foggy vision angels, but just worshiping him. Or sometimes they're dancing or it's just, it's just stunning. And I get to be there too. But what happens sometimes, and it happened this morning, is Jesus, he starts dancing too. And, oh, I really love that. Um, and it happens a yes. lot of times at gatherings when I'm worshiping, and if uh, if he's moving on behalf of his people, and it's kind of like a Native American dance, mm. um very wild and um tribal tribal. It's very tribal. And sometimes I'll see him, you know, I know he's just smashing the head of the enemy, like with such strength and victory. And then other times, like this morning, he was just thoroughly enjoying the worship. And that it was ministering to him Mm -hmm. and to his heart. And he was just spinning around and dancing and awesome. Mm. Wow. It was awesome.
0: Yesterday during our our staff prayer, Tuesday mornings we pray as a team and we sometimes worship. Uh And we were worshiping and I saw the angels with us. Oh. And their faces were just beaming with the worship there's just a gladness to them as they Mm. as they joined in with that yeah Yeah.
1: you're just aligning with all of heaven
0: yeah Yeah. you're
1: worshiping and then to get to see yes it's really awesome
0: yes Mm -hmm. oh my goodness Mm -hmm. jesus says i no longer call you servants i call you friends Mm. because i'm letting you in on what i'm doing jesus wants his friends to see what he's up to
1: yes yes
0: so, one more story for this week, um, kind of expanding some of the bounds of our of our understanding of the kingdom. So, this begins back in 2020, during the high tilt lockdowns, quarantines, the, the first big sweep of of the epidemic. And we had a lot of time at home. <laughs> and so I was doing a lot of intercession and encountering Jesus in a number of ways, but he gave us instructions. He said, Hey, John, I want you to assemble a group of people. Uh, some of your friends around the world, and I want you to all get on Zoom because I have some instructions for you. I want you to do some praying uh, for the world, for uh, the gospel of Jesus. I'm like, okay, so that's all. That's all I had. That's all the orders we had, and so we gathered a very small group of our international friends, and I sensed that what Jesus wanted us to do would be the phrase "open gates." So in John. Chapter 10, the famous story, you know, we all love getting to John 10:10 10, 10 of Come That You May Have Life and have it to the full. But in the first part of John, you're introduced to several characters in the story of Jesus. You have the you have the false shepherds, you have the thief, right? You have right. the faithful shepherd, right? I'm the faithful shepherd. But then he says there's this other figure called the gatekeeper. He says, the watchman or the gatekeeper opens the door for him. So that the good shepherd may come in and the sheep may hear his voice. I had never seen that Whoa. before, and Jesus showed it to me that day by saying, "Hey, read John 10. And I'm like, "Oh, come on, Lauren!
1: Like, kind I'm of I'm familiar
0: with that?" Yeah, I'm, <laughs> really? that's me. I'm making that up. That's what you know. Oftentimes, you hear the voice again. You go, "That's just me." And I'm like, "Okay, where?" And he's like, "Verse three. Verse three. I never read verse three. Verse three is the gatekeeper. And then he starts showing me. There's, that figure is in other parables of Jesus. That figure is in many of the parables wow. in the prophets. You read through the prophets, the watchman, the gatekeeper, the, the one mm. who opens doors, right? So we get this group together on Zoom because it's 2020, and Jesus begins to have us intercede Uh, It it was sort of missionary intercession. We were praying for the gospel to break through to people groups. Mm -hmm. But what he would have us do is he would have us walk up to gates that we could see in the spiritual realm. And then we would ask Jesus, how would you have us pray? And it would would almost always begin with repenting of the sins of the people that closed those gates to Jesus and the gospel, right? Yeah. And that would sometimes take a while. Right. And mm. um, and then there would be mercy and forgiveness and then declaring, and the gates would open. Yeah, open the gates that the King of Glory may come in and yeah. go. Oh. And then we would have the most beautiful visions of refugees. I don't uh, mean like yes. literal, right? Yes. But like people who have been held in, in the kingdom of darkness rushing out wow. to freedom, rushing mm. out. Okay. And we did that for a while. Yeah. And then that group felt like our mission was over. Jesus said, thanks very much. Um, appreciate that. You guys followed my orders and we disbanded. Well, a couple of those folks were coming to visit this summer. And so this is a recent story. This is just a couple months ago. And I'm driving down the road in the countryside one day and as it's the day before they arrive and I'm like jesus do you have anything about our time you want to say and he says yeah i want you to open gates and i'm like oh no 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 <laughs> i'm like, like no no you- this is vacation they're coming for vacation <laughs> like oh i don't know that i don't even think stacy is going to like me taking the vacation time and turning it into global intercession so I'm like, you got to confirm this with me. And he says, I want you to open gates. And at that moment, I'm looking on this country road. I pass by this, I'm following this ranch fence for a long time. And it's just fence, 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 gate. Whoa. I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm I'm listening, but I'm not quite sure. And so then they're here, they're with us. It's vacation, it's chill. They need vacation, we need vacation. But I still sense Jesus saying, "Come on now, you know, I want you to open gates." So I'm I'm at our front entryway, um, where our little cabin is, and and to keep the neighbor's cows out we have gates there and i'm literally rehearsing to myself i'm like how am i going to break this to stace how am i going <laughs> to how am i going to tell our friends and i'm 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 I, this is really a funny story of myself i'm rehearsing the speech i'm going to give <laughs> okay and i'm literally I do that. i'm literally yeah. <laughs> not aware of what i'm yes. doing physically But here in my mind, I'm saying, friends, I really think the Lord wants us to do this again. I really think he wants us to open gates. And suddenly I become aware of what I'm physically doing. I am opening the front gates to our property at that very moment. I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, okay. So anyway, get back to the house and our friends say, hey, by the way, um, we brought a few things for you uh, from overseas. And one of them was this beautiful watercolor of a garden gate. Yes. And I'm like, okay, 3 times 3 times is <laughs> oh, enough. Right. Like I I will. And anyway, <laughs> I, get it, I get it. They were totally in. Stacy was oh, totally absolutely. in. My fears were unfounded. The confirmation was very helpful to me, especially when you're entering into kingdom realities, yes, yes. like like going, "Really? Are you really in this?" Cuz I see the gate, and then you want us to open this gate and you know, um, we ended up having a phenomenal time of, of intercession over their country in particular, and, mm-hmm. and God will do that. He'll give certain people authority because they're from that place or they have a heart for that place or an anointing. And so we've, we've just had remarkable experiences of seeing these gates opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, one set of gates was so dark and so over covered with brambles, it took a lot of worship and repentance to get it to open. But then the refugees just start streaming out into the... And it's for the revelation of Jesus. We open the gates so that the revelation of Jesus yes. may come to the human heart. And, and yes. the joy of knowing more about the kingdom of God, experiencing more of the realities of the kingdom, seeing Jesus in, yes. different, in different situations, partnering Mm -hmm. with Jesus in different situations. Alan, just as you partnered with him very simply this morning, in a memory, Mm -hmm. right? right? We're sharing these stories to open up the possibilities for you, dear ones. And we're going to be back next week with more.